Hello, and welcome to Wayward Witch, a pagan podcast. My name is Miranda, and I'll be guiding you along this journey to explore non-denominational witchcraft for the modern practitioner every Tuesday. You can find us on your preferred podcast provider, or by following the links on Twitter at WayWitchCast, or on Facebook and Instagram at WayWitchPodcast. Feel free to reach out for questions, concerns, or even just to chit-chat, as I do love to hear from all of you. Let's walk this path together. I want to thank a friend and a listener for offering the suggestion for today's episode, which will be focusing on how to incorporate paganism into your everyday lives. So Sam, thank you for your input. This one's for you. I think one of the most universal acts across all aspects of paganism and witchcraft is meditation. I want to bring this one up for a few reasons. One being that anyone can take the time to meditate, regardless of whether you're in or out of the broom closet. You can meditate in your bed, as the passenger in the vehicle, or in the forest, during your lunch break. You can meditate anywhere, anytime you have some space and peace. The second, and what I believe to be the most important part, is that everyone can meditate. I know some of you may be thinking, but I can't empty my mind, or I can't think of nothing. The problem with that thinking is that it's false. Meditation isn't about emptying your mind and being without thought, but focusing on a singular idea or intention for a period of time. Oftentimes, when meditating, other thoughts may come in and float around, but what's important to remember is to acknowledge the rogue thought that comes in and let it pass through. Maintain focus. Meditation also allows us greater opportunity to practice mindfulness, which keeps us in the moment to appreciate the present, to be here, right now. There's also a plethora of health benefits. According to the National Center for Complementary and and Integrative Health, or more commonly known as NCCIH, quote, Many studies have investigated meditation for different conditions, and there's evidence that it may reduce blood pressure as well as symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome and flare-ups in people who have ulcerative colitis. It may ease symptoms of anxiety and depression and may help people with insomnia. End quote. All in all, there is absolutely nothing to lose when trying out meditation and incorporating it into your life, but so much to gain. You may falter and struggle at first, but keep practicing, and you'll really reap the benefits. You can find podcasts and YouTube videos all over the place with guided meditation videos. And if you would like some recommendations, feel free to ask me on social media. Another way to practice daily in little mundane ways is to dedicate work to your deities or divine forces. I know we go over acts of dedication in the Mythology Minute, but let's dig a little deeper. A dedication isn't simply, say, volunteering for a roadside cleanup for a day and calling it even with Gaia. During acts of dedication, it's important that we remind ourselves through the process that we're not doing these things for personal gain or bragging rights, unless, of course, it's acts of valor for associated deities and all that fun stuff, but that's entirely different, and you should know that but for causes that are important to the deity or divine power of your choosing. It can also be pretty therapeutic to get you through a rough day of work or school. There were many times in my life where work would be just terrible that day, 
and I would dedicate the rest of my day in honor of my deities as a service to better myself and my community to honor their creation. And by doing so, I found pride and purpose in every single task I was set to do. There are so many other things that you can do that don't require such a detailed explanation because they're pretty widely understood concepts or self-explanatory. You can take time out of each day to work with your tools by cleaning, cleansing, and imbuing them with energy. You can create daily sigils that can be tucked into your pocket as you go about your day. You can work in your grimoire, or Book of Shadows as some of you know it, spend time in prayer if you're one of the theistic sorts, tend your garden if you have one, or dig for recipes to create your own handmade offerings to the divine. Light your altar up with candles incense, and oil burners. Or if you're in the broom closet, try making a travel altar by using a matchbox, a mint tin, cigar box, or anything else you can find. It doesn't have to be elaborate. You can also explore artistic avenues as a, mean, uh, as a means of daily worship. There are a lot of other things that you can do as well. Um, things like self-care. I know that a lot of us are starting to become a little more vocal in the mental health community about taking time out of every day to focus on ourselves. And a lot of the methods that we're seeing are things like giant bubble baths and, you know, let's do a face mask and make our hair all pretty. And those are things that you can do as daily worship practices as well. I know a lot of people, a lot of people that are close to me actually are really big into love and beauty goddesses or you know, Bost being one of them who is a goddess of perfumes. And those are things that you can incorporate into it and dig a little bit deeper in who you're worshiping or what culture you're, you're exploring through the pantheon of your worship and seeing how you can incorporate that into daily practice. The thing about daily practice, though, is that it's not very ritualistic. There's going to be a lot of things that you're just going to have to kind of wing. Whenever I was a baby pagan, as I like to say, a little witchling, one of the podcasts that I actually turned to and looked into was a podcast called A Witch's Primer by Ariel. And one of the things that that podcast had taught me was that it's okay to fake it until you make it. It's okay to try to figure out where you're going with your own practice. It's something that I actually explained today regarding Wayward Witch, is that I know there's a lot of vague details. I understand that these podcasts are short, but at the end of the day, you have to find out what works for you. And I don't want to give you all the details of my personal practice to keep you from finding your own way. So test out a few things. See what works for you. You know, go work out if you're celebrating a Norse god of physical prowess. Or spend time making pottery if you're worshipping gods of the arts. Spend time talking entirely too much if you worship Mercury or Hermes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay to just kind of go with the flow. In today's Mythology Minute, we're covering the Hindu god of obstacles and wisdom, Ganesha. 
He is the son of Shiva, god of destruction, and Parvati, a mother goddess, born of mixing bodily scrubbings, oil, and ointment from Parvati's bath, and brought to life with water from the Ganges River. Shiva took one look upon Ganesha and deemed him hideous, so much so that he chopped his head clean off of his body, thus devastating Parvati. Servants were dispatched to find a new head for her son without delay, to which they had come across an elephant head, so they offered it to Parvati, and a new head was placed upon Ganesha's frame to bring him back to our world, with the help of his mother, of course. Other sources say that his head came from Nandi, Shiva's white bull, which attacked Indra's elephant and brought back its head as a trophy, while another claims that Ganesha was born of Shiva rather than Parvati. There are actually a whole mess of stories that can, about Ganesha's head in particular, and I would definitely encourage you to check them out. He is a very approachable god, answering the prayers and calls of practitioners, regardless of what faith they traditionally walk, because he doesn't need you to believe in him for him to believe in you. So, dear witchlings, if you feel there are obstacles in your life right now that may be hard to overcome alone, I would personally recommend this Hindu fan favorite. Offerings to Ganesha are vast. He enjoys traditional Indian sweets, bananas, derva grass, and dupe body incense, which is a type of frankincense used in the worship of Hindu deities. He likes garlands of Aruku flowers, which are native to India. Working with Hindu deities also gives you the benefit of a collection of doctrine and historical texts that can provide you with mantras in order to repeat for the gods, as well as preferences of practice to honor them. Having an idol of Ganesha and adorning it with tilk oil is another great way to honor him. Ganesha is also a god of intelligence, so learning something new in his honor in order to expand your knowledge would be a wonderful devotional for him. As per usual, I'll be sharing an infographic on Instagram regarding different ways you can honor him. Taking time out of our days for worship, even in the smallest of ways that aren't deeply rooted in ritual in the occult, not only strengthens our bond with the divine, but also creates healthier routines for physical well-being. When we perfect our practice and get to a daily worshiping groove, as it were, we become better witches and healthier people all around. So seek out your, your groove and find out what works for you and your flavor of faith to be the best witch that you can be. I want to take a moment to thank all of you as well for being patient with me for the later release of this episode and for showing such kindness while I still recover from the loss of a dear, dear friend. I'm so very blessed to have such wonderful listeners that bond together to pour out love so freely. So, just in case no one's reminded you today, witchlings, I love you. And I'm so proud of each and every one of you. And never forget, be kind, be brave, be unstoppable. I'll see you next time.